what this world says, they cannot compete against the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm thankful to serve him, to know him, amen, to worship him, amen, as with all of you, amen. It's so good to see everyone here tonight, amen, on a Thursday night to worship the Lord, amen, what we are made to do, amen, and it feels good to do it, doesn't it? Amen. As our ushers come, we want to remind you to continue to check the bulletin, online bulletin and our uh, event calendar. Uh, we've got uh, a serve day coming up this Saturday. We've got prayer Saturday night. Uh, things, lots of things are happening. Amen. And so we want to uh, stay plugged in and connected. Amen. To uh, be with the body of Christ. Amen. So obviously uh, Sunday is a big day, Easter Sunday. Amen. We're excited and believing. Amen. For another great service. Uh, because uh, Easter is where it all comes, what it all comes down to. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the new life that is provided uh, through his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm thankful to be a partaker of that, right? What Jesus has done for us, that we can be partakers of that. Amen, and experience the new life. Amen. So we want to continue to pray, uh, pray for uh, the needs in the body, those uh, here and not here. Amen, and pray for uh, the service on Sunday and this offering. Let's all go before the Lord together. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done. We thank you for your mighty hand, for your many blessings upon us, God. We know that we're not worthy. We give back to you, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to touch each and every need, every situation. God, you know them. You know their names, God. We call them up before you tonight, Jesus. That your hand be upon them. We ask you to bless this offering and multiply it for your kingdom. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. Let's all come and give unto the Lord as kids' church can be dismissed. As we are standing, we can go to the word of the Lord, Revelation, the 18th chapter, Revelation 18, amen, the word of the Lord says, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, it has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye may... Uh, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Man, I want to talk to you tonight about living in the last days. Living in the last days. Turn and greet a few people as you're seated this evening.
Man, I want to uh, provide a little update, I guess, to what I kind of brought up on Sunday about how things are changing in this world. And uh, even even this week, we've seen more countries have announced and denounced the the U.S. dollar. uh, And the list is growing. Uh, They are they are all turning to China and possibly the yuan, or even during discussions about using or, or, or developing up a, a, a currency uh, that they can trade with, uh, the the Saudis, the the Middle East, the ones who supply the world with oil, basically, they said, "Well, we don't really care anymore what uh, the United States says, or are concerned about our needs any longer." They obviously uh, uh, re brought back their production, so uh, oil uh, oil is probably going to increase. It has, and gas is going to go up even more. Uh, so uh, obviously that's adding to just the things that are changing and how this world is changing right before our eyes. We see the, uh, the president of France ran over to China to talk with them, and then he says Europe needs to stick with China. And uh, even today, China, it seemed that China stepped to the stage, the world stage, and grabbed the microphone. And uh, he said, we need, I'm ready to work on doing something about Ukraine. Uh, A a place, a position that the United States has had for a while, uh, being the leader of the world. Uh, And here we see another country step up after all these has happened in the past two weeks or or obviously longer than that. But we see him step to the mic and say, let's do something about Ukraine, bring peace. Uh, And so obviously uh, many things are shifting and changing in this world. And uh, we just we don't need to fear uh, the things of this world, but we have a comfort and a peace in God. Uh, that all things are in his hand, that God knows all of this is happening. It all has to play out in in order for prophecy to be fulfilled. Uh, Many times we just, uh, many times we're stuck in the middle of things, and we may not like the things around us or the things that are happening that wouldn't be uh, up to our, uh, in our plans. Uh, But we know that God knows everything, the end from the beginning. And ultimately, all this has to happen if we want his kingdom to come to the earth. And all, we want that more than we want, uh, you know, America as the superpower. We want the kingdom of heaven to come, as we've kind of been talking about lately, about the clash of kingdoms and how uh, that clash is getting closer and closer each and every day. Uh, and so today, tonight, talking about living in the last days, uh, we've read uh, from Revelation And uh, this tells us of an event that is uh, yet to come. It has not happened. Um, And uh, it is uh, drawing closer by the day. And John, the revelator, wrote this book, uh, the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And they believed he wrote it around 95 A.D. while he was exiled um, on the Isle of Patmos, and uh, this is where it is believed to have he have seen these visions and wrote everything down, or not everything, just the things that were permitted to write be written down. But uh, according to history, 
Uh, he was, John was banished to the island of Patmos because he was brought into the Colosseum in Rome uh, by the emperor Domitian. And Domitian was known for persecuting Christians. He loved killing Christians. And so it was John's turn to uh, meet the emperor. And so he was probably uh, the last of the original disciples, apostles. And he was uh, uh, living out his life even in his last days. We still see him being used by God uh, to write one of the greatest books of prophecy that we have ever known. Uh, and so uh, it doesn't matter how long we've been in the kingdom of God or how old we may be. God still has an opportunity for you to be used in the kingdom of God. You never know. God can use you to write a, a new living epistle in these last days. Uh, and so whatever uh, the, the person, there's always a place for us in the kingdom of God. And, and so... Uh, here John is, <coughs> excuse me, he's brought into the, the Colosseum, as they say, uh, not to be praised and patted on the back and, and, and said, good job for holding out the faith and preaching the gospel. Uh, here's the, one, the last living of the apostles. They were not there to uh, rain accolades upon him, but no, he was brought there to be killed. As a public event, a public spectacle for uh, the day the world can uh, get their entertainment from the killing of Christians. And so uh, thousands and thousands gathered to see Christians mutilated and, and mauled by lions and animals. And it was a, a game, uh, gladiators uh, and, and willing to see all of these things happen as Entertainment, and as we uh, we so uh, sophisticated people nowadays, we we think how could they be so barbarish? Well, our entertainment is not much better. Just that because it's not real life, it's all made up in in, in Hollywood. Uh, they're not putting out good things. They're putting out uh, horrible things and and all kinds of uh, rated R movies. That's that's our entertainment for today. And so I don't think we have a uh, uh, any room to talk. Uh, against uh, uh, the Romans back then, those days. And so uh, they say that John was not awaiting uh, animals. He was not going to be facing a lion with his bare hands, no. But they said that they put him into a large pot of boiling oil. And it was said that John was preaching the gospel as they threw him in the oil. And he stood there in the pot of oil still preaching the gospel. Uh, it's hard to imagine. Um, I get burnt by the frying oil pan, oil in the frying pan. That's hot enough. Just a splash of it. Can't imagine a whole cauldron of that standing in the middle of it and still preaching uh, the gospel. I mean, what uh, what love that is to, to, to be doing that. Instead of, you can easily just be crying or screaming, but yet he's, he's just 
bold and defined and, and still preaching the word of God. Uh, obviously, this is according to tradition. We had, he, had, he didn't write that about that in his own uh, epistle or letter. Uh, and so there he is. He didn't, he, he didn't die. History has it that he did not die, uh, which is a miracle in itself. If Obviously, if he did not die, then he probably maybe didn't feel the pain or the heat. God spared him. Why? Because God had a purpose for him uh, to write uh, the final book in the word of God. And so no matter how hard it may be, we got to stand there still proclaiming the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, because uh, until it's our last breath, there's still a purpose uh, for us being here. Uh, and so John's purpose was not done, and the Roman emperor did not realize that. He thought it, he was going to put an end to him, but... Uh, talk about entertainment if there was ever a venue to attend would be that one uh, watching the Christians die but John just standing there and they think we can't kill this guy maybe some turn to the Lord that day I don't know but it would seem to be a good opportunity too uh, and so he continued to preach and he wouldn't die and so he said well we just got it we got to get rid of him we obviously can't kill him so let's be, uh, exile him to the Isle of Patmos and there he sees uh, a glimpse of heaven. I mean, what a uh, what a reward that would be, I guess, for experiencing all of that. You get to go and just write about heaven. Uh, if anything will cheer up your day, that will do it, right? Uh, and so uh, it is also said uh, that because the cauldron of boiling oil had no effect on him, uh, they people have said that even Many people, they even go as far to say as even the whole Colosseum converted to Christianity. Obviously, uh, I didn't really dive down that and to figure if that is true or not. But surely I would think that maybe at least one person amongst the thousands uh, may have turned their, to Christianity. And so the persecution of one Christian caused an exponential amount of more Christians to uh, be born again, and uh, it's quite the opposite effect that I'm sure the emperor had uh, where he was trying to get rid of the Christians, and here uh, his whole Colosseum is now converted to Christianity. It's like it's multiplying in the wrong direction, and it, it's things like that that God likes to use uh, to put to rub in the face of this world, how they try to get rid of his gospel, of his word, of his, uh, his believers, and yet God uses those very acts to turn them on their heads and, and begin to spread the gospel and create even more Christians as an effect of that. 1 Corinthians 1 says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are, uh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. We know uh, that anything that God does is not because of your my ability, uh, because it's God's hand in it and his spirit behind it, moving it. Uh, and so God gets all the glory for everything good in our lives because if it was left up to you and me, uh, it, nothing good comes out of it, nothing but unrighteousness and filthiness and uncleanliness. That is what our, our, our uh, fruit is. 
uh, but it's the, 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 the transforming power of the Spirit of God is what has brought the goodness into our lives. And it is through persecution that we actually see the church grow the most. I know that we want uh, the mega revivals to happen when everything is good. When we're blessed beyond measure, that's where we want it to happen. But really, in reality, that's probably where we are furthest from God. Is when we have all these extra things in our life, these worldly cushions and security blankets that we look to as comfort and safety nets in our life, as opposed to looking to God, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, and so we see in the Bible that uh, most of the growth that happened in the church happened because of persecution. Now, I know it doesn't make sense that uh, you kill a Christian and you're doing that to get rid of Christianity. But instead, it actually grows and multiplies. Only God can do that. Uh, and where uh, this world tries to uh, stamp out Christianity and the Word of God, it only... It only magnifies it under those circumstances. Uh, and so if we uh, want to see God do something great in our lives, we have to come out from among the world, detach ourselves from this world, and give ourselves wholeheartedly uh, to him and his word. And then we can see God uh, doing even greater works through us. And so um, God has a way of messing things up in the world, doesn't he? Messing up uh, man's plans, messing up your plans, my plans I had for my life or whatever life I had, thought I had. Uh, and God loves messing those things up. Why? Because no flesh should glory in his presence. Again, it goes all back to him. And so he, ha he has a way of taking persecution as a tool to spread the gospel. We see this in Acts chapter 1. Saul was consenting unto his death and that at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all, all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And so we see this happening always, time and time again, throughout the history of the world, that the church begins to feel the persecution and growth and revival breaks out uh, because of that. And so the question, I guess, is turned to us, you and me. Would it be all right if, uh, if you were boiled in oil, if we knew that, Hundreds or thousands would be saved. Would we gladly place ourselves in John's shoes to be thrown in oil for the name of Jesus? And obviously not even knowing, it's, it would help obviously to know that, hey, if you die, all these people are going to get saved. That, that can help you, obviously. But not even knowing, and obviously we don't do that uh, we wouldn't do it for that, uh, but not even knowing what the result is. You may, you may, you may die before you ever see the result, but uh, are, would we be okay with something like that? Or do we love our life too much? Uh, isn't that what Jesus said, that we are to 
uh, lay down his life so that others would be saved. Isn't that what it really means to be a, a Christian, to take up your cross and to follow after me, to take up that instrument of death and torture and follow me? It's what Jesus said. You, if you don't do that, you're not my disciple. And again, we, uh, we have a, a difficult time making those kind of connections from uh, the modern world today that we live in to uh, a world 2,000 years ago where uh, somebody actually carried this cross and was crucified on it. Uh, and for here to hear Jesus say that we are to do that as well. And so every so often we, uh, we uh, hear about uh, these shootings, and sadly, we just recently uh, heard about one last week um, where, the, the sadly, the people are killed, and then uh, it, within a half a breath later, people are calling for the gun, gun control bait, and uh, I think uh, President Biden talked more about uh, implementing gun control than he did ever talk about the victims of the shooting last week. Uh, and still, I don't think he's even mentioned them by name or even said the word Christian. Uh, but as we said and, and see that they seem to be taking the other side uh, and backing the transgenders during all of this. Uh, and so uh, we know that uh, the Second Amendment believers, as we talked about in our series, uh, comparing our Constitution with the Word of God, how... Uh, the Second Amendment believers would be willing to die for their right to uh, keep and bear arms. And uh, the question has always gone out, would we do the same for the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or would we be willing to be persecuted for our faith in God? Are we willing to suffer for his sake and, and not knowing what the outcome would be? Um, again, making that connection of persecution is we we that's foreign to us. Re real persecution, biblical persecution, I should say, uh, because we've had it good. Uh, and so, but Jesus, the one thing that Jesus kind of kind of guarantees is that there will be persecution. It doesn't say you're. It's going to be uh, walking on rose petals till the rapture. He doesn't say that. He says, in this world, you, you'll have persecution. Uh, and obviously that means different things in different parts of the world. And uh, so far we have been exempt, it seems, from that. And we're obviously more uh, of that direction, uh, uh, the pointing of the gun uh, uh, of persecution is being targeted to Christians uh, nowadays, especially recent, recently. Uh, and so there obviously is more of a turning and more of a boldness by the the the, the darkness of this world to uh, attack Christianity and those that are believe and hold to the word of God. Uh, and so when we hear the word persecution, what is it that we that we think? We probably immediately just think Bible and refer to the Bible uh, Bible again, unless you've faced hard persecution. Uh, then that's a, a life experience that you know. Uh, but how do we respond if uh, thinking about that? Are we afraid or uh, we fearful of the thought? Uh, we, we shouldn't be. We, uh, if we know the word of God, we should prepare for that at, at worst case scenario. 
that those things should already kind of be played out in our minds uh, because uh, of what the Bible says and how it is uh, laid out and, and what happened to them. And so not saying that we're all going to be lined up and killed, but it, it could happen uh, or uh, we face some kind of other persecution. But uh, we have to understand that the world did not like Jesus. And we're boldly saying, I want to be like Jesus. Uh, and so by doing that, we have to come to the grips at some point in our mind that maybe we'll be persecuted for one day for our faith. And if that happens, uh, what, a, uh, what a privilege it is to be, uh, as the apostle says, to be beaten for Jesus. Uh, they went away rejoicing that they are found worthy to be, to be beaten and to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. And so um, what if God wanted to use us, use you, use me to reach a thousand people? And uh, we have to be okay with whatever God wants us to do. Uh, God's plan for uh, you um, and me is ultimately to help his uh, kingdom come to pass and this uh, his plan to come to pass because we again signed up to be vessels to be used by the Lord uh, not just for the good things but uh, it may be asking us to do the hard things uh, and so the question is always going to come back are we still going to be willing to say Lord use me and so Mark eight thirty four says when he had called the people unto them him with his disciples also said unto them Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for uh, my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And so uh, there will be many Christians that save their life uh, by, by, they think, by compromising and conforming to this world. But Jesus said that they will actually lose their life in the end. But there will be Christians that will lose their life in this world by not compromising and not conforming to the demand of this world. And Jesus said these people actually are going to save their life. Again, God likes to use the, the foolish things to confound the wise. He likes to turn everything around and ultimately that he can get the glory. And so God likes to, to mess up man's plans and man's thoughts and man's ideas uh, and so um, we never know what it is the end result will be when God asks us to do something, but we just have to be willing to say, yes, Lord. And so John, since John's not dying, uh, they, gave, they say they've uh, given him poison, um, and he just kind of drink it like water. Uh, obviously, we see Jesus saying, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm thee. Uh, so they obviously didn't read that verse, otherwise they'd have skipped that, probably skipped the snakes too. Uh, and so maybe they finally said, hey, let's, let's, Jesus didn't talk about oil, so let's throw him an oil. Uh, so uh, they gave him, uh, uh, and you give that to somebody else, and they, they probably would most likely die if they drank poison. There's just something different about the inside of a person of God. Uh, because something is working on the inside to uh, combat whatever the enemy is trying to do. And so uh, you can may, uh, imagine how furious the emperor must have been when John just not would, not, would not die. 
And so if God has a plan and a purpose for you, there's nothing that this world can do to you that can stop you and stop the will of God from happening in your life. They may try to poison you, but that's not going to work. They may try to put you in oil, but that didn't work for John. And so because John had not finished his purpose uh, in the kingdom of God yet, and so unless God has finished his work in us, then whatever we are facing is not going to stop us, is not going to come against us and prevail unless God is finally done with us. And when he is done with us, that means we're with him and on the other side in eternity. And so we're not to be afraid of what is happening in the world or coming down the corridor uh, because we have uh, God on our side and at our, our back. And so John tells us about uh, he sees the city in the last days, uh, the city of Babylon. It's no uh, uh, strange word to us. It's very uh, common. Obviously, Christians recognize that word. Um, and we know it describes a city, and it, he says it. He says uh, in verse 2, it cried mightily with a strong voice as the angel saying, Babylon the great is fallen and fallen, becoming, become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And so, uh, obviously, there's many representations. People have their own ideas who or what Babylon is. Um, and, and really, it could take your pick at what it could be. Uh, eventually, it's, it's, it's going to manifest itself in the last days. And obviously, I believe the, the foundation of this empire is already being laid, uh, being connected. Uh, and so um, the world's going to find out one day who really Babylon is, and hopefully we're not here to find that out. Amen? Uh, and so as dark as a place that Babylon is described as, it's described as a habitation of devils. Uh, every foul spirit is found there. We see uh, in, in verse 4, it says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye will not receive of her plagues. And so what we see there, uh, even in the last days, and even in the darkest city on the earth, the darkest of all empires, uh, uh, a, a place of habitation of devils and every foul spirit, in the midst of such a condition, we still see heaven calling out to its believers. That there are still believers in the really the den and the seat of Satan. There are still believers that have not backed down, that have not uh, given up, that have not uh, denied the faith. They're still standing strong for the word of God and for Jesus. And so the angel, the voice says, come out of Babylon, my people. Obviously not talking about anybody else but people of God. And obviously uh, uh, we believe uh, that that is, that is referencing Jews as the people of God because we believe that the church is going to be raptured out of here before this time. Uh, but if, uh, uh, if, if you don't make it in the rapture, then let us know who Babylon is. Let somebody else know uh, that is still here. Obviously, uh, the world at that time is going to be extremely bad. 
and, and we're, uh, we're a ship that is turning in that direction uh, nowadays, especially recently with this change of global power that seems to be happening. And obviously, uh, China's constitution is not anywhere near our constitution. And so if they are going to be the world superpower, uh, they set the rules. Uh, as, we, as we had set the rules when we became the superpower after World War II. Uh, and so and, and it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing to see how China's uh, country, how they are run and how they do things. It, it seems like a good model for the Antichrist, at least in my opinion, the way they handle things. Uh, and so uh, the world is turning to them and uh, looking to them for uh, leadership, and they are stepping up to the plate. And so uh, we see here in Babylon that there's still people that are living for God, uh, that uh, heaven identifies as uh, his people. And so what do these uh, people look like, and what are they experiencing, and what are they going through? How could they live in such a place as Babylon, of all places on the earth to live? Uh, how is it that the peop some people of God are ended up in Babylon? Uh, hopefully, they're not vacationing there. Um, hopefully, they were, well, it, it's not like they're prisoners because the voice says, get out of there. Uh, so they're somehow they're caught up in Babylon, uh, but they are are in there. But what kind of impact does Babylon have on their life? Uh, what does it do to a, a believer um, uh, of Jesus Christ? We see the impact that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah had on Lot. It said it vexed his righteous soul every day. Uh, and, and we see the impact that it had on him. And, and so uh, can uh, Babylon influence a believer to denounce the faith? Or uh, on the other side, can a believer impact Babylon and, and create uh, a desire to live for God? But we see here in this verse how uh, Babylon has fallen. And it is described, obviously, as a pretty wicked place. But was it always like that? Uh, we know the end of uh, a civilization can be a lot different than the beginning. Just take a glimpse at our history. Uh, the beginning of, our, uh, of this civilization, this nation, uh, is a lot different than where we are today. We're definitely on the decline. We are not on the incline. We are spiritually declining and uh, declining in all areas, really, uh, and we're not drawing closer to God. In fact, we are trying to push out God as much as we can out of our society and promote the promote evil, promote wickedness, uh, and all of these things. And, and so, uh, the end of America, sadly, uh, is not looking uh, like the beginning of things. And obviously, with man, that's kind of things how things end up. Uh, things always deteriorate. Uh, and get worse over time. Even things that we make uh, slowly de de decay and uh, dry up over time. The only thing that can bring transformation and keep things alive is the spirit of Almighty God. He's, he has that regenerative power to keep us uh, a new person, a new heart, a new life, uh, and, and keep things getting for the better. Everything else is getting worse. Uh, and so... 
we, we know how uh, Babylon was formed and, and what was the beginning of it all. Uh, we see that spirit in the last days resurrecting again, but we know that Babylon existed before. Uh, and it's important to see how it was formed and how it began because uh, it's going to be that same spirit when it shows back up. It's not like the, the spirit that was behind the formation of Babel and Babylon is saying, well, I'm going to do things different now. Now that I get a second and third chance in the world, I'm going to do things differently. No, it's going to be that same spirit uh, that, it, that was in the beginning. And so uh, the most important thing of, of how any work uh, was started or uh, created in the time uh, that it was, was really what's the purpose behind it? What is, what is the reason for all of this to be uh, started or to be formed? And, and what was the causation of this to happen? Because that's really what it's all about is, is the reason why it was started. And decisions that we make are important, but what's more important is the why behind our decision. The motivation, why are we doing this? Why did we decide to do this and not that? And what's the real purpose behind it all? Because it can be masked by a lot of things, a lot of good things, a lot of good deeds or good words. But uh, deep down beneath, what is the real reason? Um, and, and so we, you and I know lots of people who, who leave the church for whatever reason, and they've got their own idea, or, or they want to go do their own thing, and uh, they got a great revelation from God, or the, the Spirit of God told them to go do something else, and uh, uh, I always question the, the motive behind all of that. What's the real reason? Uh, you know, God is not in, in the division business and confusion business, and uh, obviously, he calls people to do other uh, great works for him and in other uh, areas of the world. Uh, but many people who, who leave, uh, what's the real motive behind their decision? Is it rooted in, in selfishness or is it rooted in, in rebellion? Uh, was pride the voice that they heard and they thought it was God's voice? Uh, and what spirit was that choice made? It, it may not seem like a detail wor look, worth looking into, but uh, however that choice was made, whatever the, had the greatest influence on that person at that time, on that choice, will often, that voice will continue to lead that person down that path. Sadly, most of the time, at least what I have seen, is that these decisions uh, often are not made with the right motives. They may say it's the, for the right reason or the right motive, but time will tell what the real reason is. Is it pride or selfishness or personal gain is the driving force behind it all? Uh, uh, and, and, and God is thrown in there as the icing on the cake to say, you know, God told me to do this. Um, but he never told the pastor, but, you know, God told you to do that. Hear that, uh, hear, hear that often. Uh, but once they go down that road, being led by that voice, whatever voice or voices or spirits, uh, how can it end up in a good place if it's not actually God? But they think it's God. 
They may be successful. They may uh, have a lot of have a lot of people, but are, are they are they really still in the truth? Are they still following after the truth? Are are they still going to an apostolic church? Or how apostolic really is the church? And so. If we're not prayed up and if we're not actively seeking out God's will, then we could easily be led astray if we are listening to strange voices and, and being deceived by those things, thinking it's God and when it's really not. The Bible even says that uh, Lucifer, Satan, can decide, disguise himself as an angel of light. How many people have uh, thought it was an angel of light, but really it's Satan uh, deceiving them? Because 2 Thessalonians says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they may all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And so... One day, people uh, are following the Spirit of God, and then it seems like the next day uh, they're following a deceiving spirit. It doesn't, and, and I know it doesn't happen that quick, uh, but the frightening thing is, is that they may not even realize it. That the spirit of deception mim- is going to mimic the, the spirit of God so much so that the people don't even know that they are being deceived and that they are walking down the road with the devil and they are thinking that it is God. And it's God that sends that spirit to them. It says God shall send them a strong delusion that they will believe a lie. They'll think that they are doing uh, and hearing from God uh, when they are not, and they won't even realize that it's not God's spirit that's leading them. It's uh, a damnable spirit, and that is why it is so important to know the reasoning and the, the mindset and the real uh, the cause behind choices and decisions that are made, what really is the real motive behind it all. Because Proverbs 14 says, There is a way which seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, the whole time, people can be thinking they're doing the right thing and be led down the wrong path. Just because it seems right doesn't mean it's actually right according to the word of God. One thing that we know is God's never going to uh, go against his word. And so that's why you have to check everything, every voice, every, every message, every, every discernment that say, what does the word of God say? Because I don't want to be deceived by uh, a spirit when I think it's God. You have to always have to be, go back to the word of God and, 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 and find the foundation of what his word says because he's not going to go against it. And so... Um, so Babylon, the, the city that is destroyed in the end, musicians, if you would come. How was Babylon started? Why was it started and what purpose or what was the real motive behind all of this thing, uh, this city to be established? And so uh, the word Babylon, Babel means confusion. Uh, and so that's not a good place to go to say, I'm going to go live in confusion. Uh, and so uh, it also figuratively, Babylon means tyranny. Uh, and so uh, confusion and tyranny doesn't seem like a good place to live. 
but that's not really a good start for a city when it was founded uh, out of uh, uh, confusion and tyranny and uh, the pride behind it all. Um, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that God is not the author of confusion. Uh, and so if uh, the city is called confusion, we know that's not going to be a city of God. And so James also tells us that uh, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Let me ask you, how much envying and strife is there in America today? How much confusion out is out there? How much confusion is being promoted with this transgender movement and, and all these other things? It's, it's confusion that is being paraded around in the streets. Uh, and so where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every work. And so that's why you don't want to be envying anybody. That's why you don't want to have strife in your life or, or, or getting anger, uh, angry and bitter at people and, 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 and all those things. Because uh, when those things come together, uh, not good, uh, uh, good, not a good result is going to happen from that because that opens the door for every evil work, according to James. And so if something is sown or created in confusion, it's going to open the door to every kind of spirit out there to take residence uh, because the foundation was sown in confusion. And so we, we, we know that Babel uh, uh, was there in Genesis 11. Uh, the, 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 the space between the Noah, the, the ark resting in the new world, and before Abraham was called, we see this time and space of, uh, of man ruling himself and, and sowing uh, seeds of confusion and tyranny. Uh, and so uh, that is where the beginning of Babylon was, is all the way back there in Genesis 11 and, and we know that they did that in defiance of God uh, because we're not going to listen to the word of God. If God floods this earth again, we're going to build a tower so that we can save ourselves. Uh, had they listened to the word of God, they could have saved themselves a lot of hardship because God said, I'll never flood this earth again. And so there you go. You, all the labor that is done in vain because you don't look at the word of God, had they uh, had had Nimrod read the word of God and and paid attention to what the forefathers were saying, he would have realized that God's not going to flood the earth again. Uh, but they did that anyways, and so here Babylon is so the beginning of it is sown with uh, confusion and tyranny and defiance uh, against uh, the word of God. And so we stand with me today. The reason these people were not righteous, they were not uh, in covenant with God because they were trying to make a name for themselves, as, as Genesis records. And any righteous person knows that it's all about God and His name, it's not about our name. So if we're out trying to make a name for ourselves, we are aligning ourselves with Babylon and the spirit of Babel. In uh, in the wickedness of this world, and so uh, they did not scatter themselves as the commandment was to go and replenish the earth. No, they said we're all going to come together as one, and we're gonna we're gonna rule the world ourselves. <clears throat> and so it was in this spirit of rebellion, 
everything that God wanted man to do, that they said, we will not do that. We will not do that. We will not spread out. We will not go and fill the earth and multiply. We will not uh, submit to your word, but we will do what we want to do. We will make a name for ourselves and build ourselves a tower. And so in blatant defiance uh, to the word of God and in the, uh, against the spirit of God, that is when Babylon was established. So the spirit of rebellion lives in Babylon as we are told of a host of every evil work and every evil spirit, a den of spirits. <clears throat> the, the spirit of rebellion lives in Babylon. The spirit of confusion is going to live there. The spirit of uh, witchcraft and, and the spirit of pride and idolatry and adultery and fornication and, and humanism and perversion and the spirit of Jezebel, the Antichrist spirit, every kind of spirit you can imagine is there. And so if you just take a glimpse around the world that we live in, rebellion and confusion and witchcraft and pride, idolatry, adultery, fornication, humanism and perversion, all of these things we see evident everywhere around us. Every evil work, every ungodly and unclean spirit got together and said, hey, we're going to build a city, we're going to use man to do it. And establish a kingdom, and out was birthed Babylon. And so uh, that is why it began. That is the, the why behind it all. And that is the driving force of Babylon. And so if it was birthed in that manner, you can only imagine how it lives in the world. It's going to be the same spirit, the same fruit, the same wickedness that is manifested. Uh, and to what end will that have? Uh, if uh, the rebellious antichrist spirit is in charge, uh, what end is that going to produce in this world? And so all this world is coming together again, not to worship God, but in blatant defiance of him. And so that those spirits that once met in secret, now we can see them. They are parading now uh, proudly in the streets of America and sadly our government is even promoting those things and so those spirits that were once hidden now are coming out in full force with an evil agenda rebellion, confusion, pride humanism, perversion, idolatry they're all out and they're all out to make a name for themselves. They're not concerned about your name or the name of God. They despise that. And so even in the midst of, of such a wicked city in the last days, we still hear a voice from heaven that says, my people come out. And so no matter how bad this world gets, no matter how dark the day gets, we know that there's always going to be a people of God who are standing in defiance of the, the spirit of this world and the things of this world because why? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter how bad the evil spirits are. We have a greater spirit inside of us and that is the spirit of God. And so the message is louder than it has ever been to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. 
and I will receive you. I don't know about you, but I want to be received by God. I want to be embraced by his arms and to come to him and, and hear that trumpet sound and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come enjoy the, the, the pleasures of the Lord. And so uh, in these last days, living in the last days, we have to take hope, find the hope and and assurance that God is going to be with us until he calls us home. We don't know the end uh, of, of how that's going to work out, whether the grave or the rapture, but we know that God is waiting for us. And while we are here, we have a, he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us to live in these last days, not to live for, a, to, to make a name for ourselves, but we're going to be living and, and shining, uh, shining the, the light of God in these last days because no flesh will glory in his presence. And I want him to be more evident in my life than ever before. Because if the world is coming against the church, we know that even the gates of hell cannot stand, uh, cannot take over the, 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 the church. It will not defeat the church. We will be in victory no matter what that looks like. And I'm thankful to be on the winning side. I'm thankful to know Jesus, to know his word, amen, to take the comforts of his word and the peace that he gives, amen, that he's going to be with us all the ways, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give him thanks for these, his word and his promises that he has. And no matter how dark the night gets, amen, there's going to be a joy that comes in the morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are the church in the last days. And as this world is turning, we're turning to you more than ever before. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the things of this world will grow strange in the light of his glory and grace. Hallelujah, Jesus. We look to you, Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We appreciate you, Jesus. We thank you for your word, for your grace, and your mercy. 
Lord, for your promises, Lord, that you will never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Lord. Help us, God, to give us the boldness, Lord, to live in these last days, Lord, as the people of God. And we know that you're going to give us the victory. Amen, amen, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. You're dismissed. Let's go and continue to live in the last days. Amen. For the name of the Lord and exalt his name above all. Amen. God bless you all.